Titans' new offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly, is already a massive upgrade over Todd Downing, and we saw it in Week 2. Time for my All-22 review on today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. It is Tic Tac Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. This day, every week, I dive into the tape to tell you what I saw schematically on offense and defense. First, we're going to talk about Tim Kelly's offense because he is just dialing up magic right now. Also, going to talk about how the Titans disguise their coverages to confuse Justin Herbert and create opportunities to get off the field. And then finally, I'll dive into the performance of Dylan Radins and his return from an ACL injury. He was the best Tennessee Titans offensive lineman out there on Sunday. So we got a lot to talk about that's on the film before I get into it. Thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content all year long, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Titans podcast. And speaking of every day, Shout out to my everydayers. I got a ton of content all week long for you guys. Of course, yesterday we recapped the game. Today we're diving into the film. Tomorrow is what's next Wednesday. We're going to look ahead to this next matchup in week three. Thursday is crossover Thursday to get some information from behind enemy lines. And then Friday is game plan Friday where I break down exactly what the Titans need to do schematically to win their next game. But we got to dive into this tape today. I, I love doing this every week, so let's talk about Tim Kelly. First, I want to talk about the two bombs that Ryan Tannehill hit. First, the 70-yarder to Traylon Burks, and then the 50-yarder to Chris Moore, because it's funny how Tim Kelly set up the defense for this, but he did it in a way that took advantage of something that the Chargers were doing schematically. So, what were the Chargers doing? Number one, the Chargers were going into too high safety. That's two safeties deep, all right? They would show too high. And then when it was snapped, what they would do is they would roll one safety down into the middle of the field. And then they just have one safety deep. So they're showing too high at the snap. They're rolling a safety down and turn it into single high safety looks. Okay. But what they would do is the single high safety would not roll into the middle of the field. The single high safety, who was a two high safety, would just stay over there like he was in too high. And what they would do is they would leave that safety to the better receiver side. So if DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks are out on the field, they would leave the safety over DeAndre Hopkins. If it was NWI or Chris Moore and then Traylon Burks on the other side, they would leave that high safety over Traylon Burks. So whoever the better receiver was on the field, they would roll the safety on the opposite direction down, keep that too high safety high, and have him kind of shadow over top. And it makes sense. Have your guys go one-on-one on the backside, 
and then have a safety over top of the better receiver on one side. That totally makes sense from the Chargers' point of view, but Tim Kelly took advantage of this. So, on the first bomb to Traylon Burks, on the throw to Traylon Burks, what happened was the Chargers rolled the safety to Traylon Burks' side and brought that safety down on Traylon Burks' side. So, the Titans went classic play action outside zone. It was man-to-man coverage on the backside because the safety's all the way over on the other side of the field worried about Hopkins. That left Traylon Burks one-on-one with Asante Samuel Jr., and he just beat him down the field with speed. Not only is Burks four inches taller and 40 pounds heavier, but he's faster too. And Burks beat him downfield. Tannehill had time and hit him with a great throw. All right, the Titans knew to take advantage of that because the Chargers were going to bring the safety on Burks' side down, leave the safety over towards Hopkins' side. So they knew they'd get that one-on-one opportunity. That is Tim Kelly taking advantage of the defense. On the Chris Moore bomb, it was the same exact thing. Same exact thing. The Chargers showed too high safety. They rolled one safety down over Traylon because it was Burks and Moore on opposite sides this time. They rolled their safety down towards Chris Moore, left the, the other safety high over Traylon Burks. Tannehill play action. Chris Moore deep, one-on-one, and Tannehill threw it a dime right to Chris Moore, who made a fantastic catch as well. They knew that the Chargers were going to run that coverage on first down, and they took advantage of it two times, one in either half. And what's crazy is we are going to segue into some some run game stuff real quick, but in the first half, the Chargers were covering all three interior offensive linemen with a defensive lineman. So they had a guy covering the center and the guards. Where does that leave the defense susceptible? Between the guards and the tackles. So the Titans were running outside zone and they were running pull plays to get their running backs to go towards the tackles and run off the guards in between the tackles because the Chargers defense was stacking the interior. So the Titans running outside zone in the first half, the bomb to Burks in the first half, play action off outside zone. We get to the second half, the Chargers widen their defensive line. Now they're in between the guards and the tackles with a guy over the center wider than they were in the first half. So the Titans started running inside zone and duo and attacking the middle of the defense. And the bomb to Burt or the bomb to Chris Moore in the second half, you guessed it, play action, but off inside zone this time. Tim Kelly matching the play action passes to the run plays that he's calling in that particular half, taking advantage of a coverage tell and the thing that the Chargers like to do on first down that he saw multiple times. Tim Kelly, this is real offensive coordination. The last thing that I want to talk about here is the red zone plays. The last two touchdowns. That first touchdown, 70-yard bomb to Burks. Give it to Henry twice, score a touchdown. Not a lot to talk about there. But Tannehill's 12-yard touchdown run and then Tannehill's throw to NWI on the last touchdown. Oh, the red zone coordination from Tim Kelly, which was magnificent. So on the Tannehill run, you have Tajay Spears on the right in the backfield next to Tannehill and shotgun. And then you have Derrick Henry on the left. The Titans run a fake handoff to Tajay Spears and then run an option with Derrick Henry. Triple option out of shotgun with Spears and Henry. That's good enough on its own. But what Tim Kelly did was they ran to the right-hand side on that play. He took Chris Hubbard, who was the right tackle, 
and had him pulled to the left side, even though the Titans were going to the right. When Chris Hubbard pulled to the left side, the defensive end, who is taught to follow a pull man, you're taught that your whole life in football. If your man pulls, follow him down the line of scrimmage. Tim Kelly took that defensive rule and turned it on its head. So Chris Hubbard pulls the opposite direction to the left. The defensive end on the right-hand side follows him, which takes away him from Tannehill and Derrick Henry's equation. The linebackers are worried about the fake handoff to Tajay Spears. They see the right tackle pull into the left. They keep their eyes on the inside. And that gives Tannehill all the room that he needs to get out. And then the final touch, Tannehill fakes a pitch to Derrick Henry, which keeps the safety Derwin James on Henry and gives Tannehill the lane that he needs to get to the end zone. Tim Kelly, baby. Quickly, the last touchdown to NWI, Ryan Tannehill play action fake. And then he throws a quick slant to NWI into the end zone on third down. Big play for the Titans to give them the lead. Play action. Holds the backside safety. Tannehill, after the play action fake, continues to look straight down the field, not to tip off the safety that he's going to the right-hand side to NWI. The safety holds, hesitates, and then realizes, oh, he is going to throw it to NWI over the middle. But it's too late for the safety because of the play action fake and Tannehill keeping his eyes in the middle, not giving it away to the safety with his eyes. NWI comes out, looks like he's going to block. Boom, darts inside for the slant, catches it for a touchdown. What great play design and execution by Tim Kelly and Ryan Tannehill. Two explosive pass plays and red zone offense. That is how you do it right there, folks. But we're going to move forward to the defense and the disguises that they showed to the Chargers and how they won that game on defense. It was absolutely beautiful. We'll talk a little bit of Dylan Radins at the end of the show as well. Before we get into that, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Look, guys, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code locked on that's locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com that's j a s e medical.com promo code locked on also want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel America's number 1 sports book right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets off a $5 bet, whether you win or lose. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get on the action. You could bet spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
Titans fans, we are going to continue today's Tic Tac Tuesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Every single week, I dive into the tape for my All-22 review to break down what I saw out there. If you guys want to see the actual film breakdowns, which legally I'm not allowed to have on the channel, of course, make sure that you follow me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. I already posted a bunch of film clips on Monday and stuff to get you guys ready to go. On Tuesday, I'm going to have my full 10-minute Recap, I'm going to have a ton of different film work on the offense, the defense. Make sure, again, that you follow me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. Make sure you follow my work at Sports Illustrated as well, where I post most of that film work at alltitans.com. I write over there. So just want to let you guys know where you can find the film to pair up with the conversations that we're having here. But talking about the defense, the Tennessee Titans defense, I mentioned last week on the game plan episode, When we talked about what the Titans needed to do schematically to win, I said the Titans had to be able to stop the run in their nickel defense, which required an incredible effort from the interior defensive line and the slot cornerbacks. Did you guys see Roger McCreary making physical plays all over the field on Sunday? He stepped up to the plate. It wasn't just him either. Elijah Molden got in on the physicality. Kevin Byard came down and made physical tackles. The Tennessee Titans defensive backs were heavily involved in run defense, and that allows the Titans to do so many things and allows them to show so many different looks. So, Tier Tart and Jeffrey Simmons up front dominated this game. They were fantastic against the run. But, again, the linebackers in the middle, in Aziz, Al Shire, and Jack Gibbons, and then the, the slot cornerbacks and people, safeties who drop down to play in the second level of the defense, like Byard and Molden, those guys were the second level of the Titans' defense was so good against the run in this game. And again, it allowed them to play run defense in nickel with five defensive backs on the field, which also allows them to stay prepared and ready for that passing offense, which is the real fear for the Titans. They want to make sure that they're in a position to cover the pass, first down, second down, third down, at all times. But you can only do that in nickel, and you can only play nickel if you can stop the run in nickel. And the Titans can. Because of Tart and Simmons, and because of the physicality of their defensive backs. That's why the Titans' run defense was number one in the NFL last year, despite playing a ton of nickel all year long. That's why. And and they saw it in the... Chargers ran for 60 yards after rushing for 200 last week. That's not an X's and O's. That's not a cover three run blitz. That's just the physical nature of a Mike Vrabel football team, what they require on defense in Tennessee. That is a culture win right there for the Titans, more than scheme. But getting into some schematic things. The Titans were able to, because of Harold Landry's versatility, to line up as an edge rusher or as a standoff linebacker. The Titans ran a ton of 4-3 in this game where they had Harold Landry as a, as an off-ball linebacker on the second level. And then they would have Danico Autry or Arden Key as a defensive end. And then they would literally have three defensive tackles. T.R. Tart, Kyle Pecco, Naquan Jones, Jeffrey Simmons. They would have three of those guys as four of the as three of the four defensive linemen with Jeff Simmons or Kyle Pecco as the defensive end. And then Autry, the defensive end on the other side. And then they would have Landry, Aziz, and Gibby as the three linebackers, and they would show a four-man front and a 4-3. The Titans can play a 3-4 
or a 4-3 because Harold Landry is the fulcrum that that can pivot off of. And that's why I said that he was worth paying. Now, Landry hasn't played too well at the beginning of the year, but his presence and his skill set still allows the Titans to be versatile and multiple up front. And that's big because you can come out with two tight ends on one side and the Titans will say, okay, we'll go with a five-man front and show a 3-4 so that we have width on the, on the line of scrimmage. Oh, you want to stack things up and have your tight ends even? Oh, you want to put a fullback in the backfield? We're going to go to a four-man front so that you don't have any kind of numbers advantage if you go this way or that way. I mean, it the versatility of Harold Landry allows them to do this. So that's how run defense went. The Titans could get aligned correctly because of the versatility and multiplicity of their front. Their physical defensive backs were able to come in and help in run defense, and their interior defensive line up front dominated and were able to win against double teams. Tennessee Titans football. It was absolutely miraculous. But what I want to talk about now is the disguises that the Titans did in the back end. The Titans played so much cover two in this game, which is something that we talked about on Friday. I wanted to see the Titans play a ton of cover two, limit the explosive plays of the Chargers offense. Don't give them anything free downfield. Don't put your cornerbacks on an island on the sideline too often in man coverage. Have a safety deep at all times. And the Titans did that. But the way that they got to those looks, the excuse me, I get too excited when we break down disguised defenses. But the Titans were showing two high safeties, rolling a safety down to be in single high, and then going back to cover two anyways. I mean, that is diabolical from Shane Bowen. That I mean, how as a quarterback, you're in too high. At snap, they rolled a single high. Okay, it's cover three. It's man one. For the safety to then back back out and get deep half and play cover two again? Woo! My Lord. And then other times they were showing too high, rolling down, and just playing cover three from that. So it's like... I don't know what you're going to do because you're doing everything that you could possibly do and things that teams don't do, okay? On that first sack of the game, the Titans muddled the A-gap. They had six guys on the line of scrimmage with their with Aziz Alshire and Elijah Molden walked up over top of the center. So six guys on the line of scrimmage, all right? They drop out into cover three, and Sean Murphy Bunting makes an incredible play as a deep third coming inside a little bit more and covering the seam route down the hash. Takes it away. Nobody there. Autry wins one-on-one. Sack. I mean, it's just a total team effort and the disguises that the Titans are showing and showing pressure and backing out and showing pressure on the right side and then coming from the left side with a slot blitz. All of those different things are just confusing Justin Herbert and making him wait just a split second longer to make the throw and make the decision. And those split seconds mean everything mean everything. So the Titans rolling their coverage, disguising their coverage, doing different things, and ultimately getting themselves into two high looks and cover two so that Justin Herbert can't get anything down the field and create any explosive plays. That is what won the game for the Titans on the defensive side of the ball. The disguises and the incredible run defense. It got the job done. So with that being said, though, we're going to kind of zoom in a little bit. I want to talk about an individual performance from Dylan Radins, who came in and played 50-plus snaps after tearing his ACL against the Chargers in December, and he was the Titans' best offensive lineman on the day. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. Before we do, 
do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Look, guys, Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. All you do is pick two to six players and say whether they're going to do more or less than what Prize Picks says they're going to do. So, Patrick Mahomes, two passing touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, 50 receiving yards. Justin Jefferson, 100 yards. Lamar Jackson, one passing touchdown. You just pick two to six players and say whether they're going to do more or less. And if you get it right, you can win up to 25 times your money this football season. I prefer prize picks to other kinds of daily fantasy. I don't want to play against a, a, a thousand bots or a bunch of sharks and pros. It's just me against the prize picks projection. So make sure that you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. Titans fans, we are going to cap off today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, diving into the All-22 film, breaking down what I saw. We talked about Tim Kelly and his coordination of the offense. We talked about the disguise of the defense and the physical run defense that they played as well. Now I want to zoom in, talk about Dylan Radens and his performance out there and his return from an ACL injury. Before we get into that, thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen. Each and every day, remember, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content all year round on all apps, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed to the Locked on Titans podcast. You're not going to get this kind of podcast content anywhere else. There is nobody else breaking down the film in podcast form like I am, providing you places to go to look at the film work. Sports Illustrated, alltitans.com, where I write my Twitter account, at tictactitans.com. You guys got to make sure that you follow my work, both those places as well, so you get the full picture of what we talk about. But I want to dive into Dylan Radin's performance here. He was the highest graded Tennessee Titans offensive lineman per pro football focus with a 74.3 overall grade. He had an 85.2 in run blocking, and the film matches those grades, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just tell you that. Now, he did struggle in pass blocking, 41.7 grade there. Gave up zero sacks, but did give up three, three, three pressures. So Dylan Radins played well, but at the end of the day, it's still a mixed bag. And it's his first game back from an ACL tear. He wasn't expected to play because he wasn't expected to be the starter. The Titans said, man, we don't necessarily want to put Radins out there right now, but we got to because Xavier Newman-Johnson was so bad. And Radins stabilized the ship. Not only was he better than Xavier Newman-Johnson, again, he was the highest-rated highest Tennessee Titans offensive lineman all day. And let's talk about what I saw on tape. With Raidens, he is a better positional blocker than a drive blocker. So he's somebody who kind of just gets in the way and uses his body to shield the guy that he's supposed to be blocking rather than actually driving them back off their spot. Now, you may think I'd rather have a guy who drives the guy off their spot. And I would too. But at the end of the day, it's about getting the job done. And a lot of the runs that the Titans execute, zone runs, at the end of the day, it's just about positioning. That's why a guy like T. 
Taylor Lewan was very successful with the Titans. More of a positional blocker than a guy who's literally going to drive a guy back because of his strength. Dylan Raidens is more of an athlete than he is like a, a road-grading offensive lineman. You know what I mean? So he just uses that athleticism, gets his body in the way of guys, and lets the running back run off his butt. And that, that works, and that wins. He did a pretty good job at times climbing up to the second level, and again, positioning, just getting in somebody's way to continue to open the hole. That's huge. In pass protection, it's not as great. It's not. Because here's some of the problems. Raidens has terrible balance, man. I mean, he just can't stay upright. There was a time during the during the game where he pulled from the left-hand side to the right side, and he needed to kick out Joey Bosa. He makes great contact with Bosa. He's in great position, but he just kind of gets a little top-heavy. Bosa is able to get right around him and get him off balance, and Raidens falls over. The initial contact on Bosa is good. He's in the right spot, but he just can't hold his balance and, again, drive a guy backwards. It's just not what he does. He has some balance issues. He can get a little over his toes, and he leans forward trying to get movement because he knows he, one, isn't a great drive blocker, and he doesn't have a great punch. Raidens doesn't have strong hands where he hits you with his hands and can knock you back. He doesn't have good knockback. He doesn't. So he got the Joey Bosa, was right there, but he doesn't have a great punch to get hands on him, and he kind of loses his balance as he's trying to go forward to make up for that, and that can get him in bad positions. At the end of the day, though, and Raidens really struggles against stunts, and teams are starting to really stunt hard to the left side of the offensive line. The Chargers definitely did with Skaronsky out, but that was happening against the Saints because they're going after Dillard. So if you have Dillard and Raidens, who both have balance issues, who both don't have strong punches, who are both kind of liabilities in pass protection, then teams are going to stunt and twist and go after them all game long. And that's kind of what happened. So... It's a mixed bag from Raidens. Definitely better than Xavier Newman-Johnson. Definitely like what I saw from out, saw from him in run blocking and, and positionally moving guys around. Hopefully he gets better in space and more comfortable in space as the knee just gets you know more comfortable. It's his first game back from an ACL tear. It's the same thing as we talk about with Harold Landry, who hasn't played well in two weeks. Got to give those guys a little bit of time before we start to criticize them too heavily. But I think what it comes down to is I still think that Dylan Raidens is one of the top five offensive linemen on this team. Like, if you get the best five offensive linemen on the field, I think Raidens probably is out there. Now it becomes difficult with Skaronsky. Skaronsky at left tackle, and then Raidens at left guard with, honestly, Brunskill at center, NPF at right guard, Hubbard at right tackle. That might be the Titans' best five in the middle of the season because Aaron Brewer is struggling, and Andre Dillard is struggling. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, I think that Raidens goes back to the bench when Skaronsky is back in a couple of weeks. But next week, Raidens has to start at left guard from the get-go. Absolutely has to happen. But with that being said, folks, that is going to complete my week two all-22 film review. Remember, go to my Twitter account, at Tic Tac Titans. Go to alltitans.com on Tuesday. I'm going to have full film breakdowns. You guys can see what I'm talking about here. It'll be very interesting when I'm happy I was able to break down and kind of give you guys an idea of what I'm seeing. I do this every single week. So make sure that you never miss it. And I hear all you YouTube people. It's Mondays. I've never seen people so ungrateful to get stuff early. Killing me out there. Killing me. But anyways, with that being said, that is going to do it for this Tick Tack Tuesday of week two. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Got to time out the outro, right? And this 
was Locked on Titans.